0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet and yours. We're here... In a post-Star Wars Day era, what did you do on Star Wars Day? I know two people who may have done some cool things, or like me, just sat around looking at hashtags. It's Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. I sat around coolly
3: looking at (laughs) hashtags all day. Cool hashtagging, what the kids do.
2: Yeah,
4: it's
3: a drug hashtag. Really seems like <laughs> all those hashtags.
4: Oh, the hashtags, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. well, it was a, it was a fun day. It was it was like all the Star Wars fans came out online, and mm-hmm. we all connected with each other. And I think it was a good day overall.
2: It was nice because in this era of uh, toxic internet, mm-hmm. it seemed to be Joseph a sweeter day. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, i got an old friend, uh, Doug Shaw. I went to see uh, the midnight showing of Attack of the Clones with him, and uh, mm. he, I will always think of him, as soon as Yoda reached for his lightsaber, he began to violently pound his thighs and scream, <laughs> yes, 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 because yes. uh, he had been waiting for years. Uh, he had a really great post about how it has evolved to be such a great holiday because it's not from marketing. Which, yeah. you know, I, I'm generally in the camp of like, hey, May 25th is the actual anniversary. Right. That, we could wait a couple of weeks and that could be <laughs> Star Wars Day. Uh, but it just, you know, he had this great post about it, it organically came from fans making a, a dumb pun on social media and it's never been corporately owned. And now like, yeah. you know, Lucasfilm doesn't put on May the 4th a, right. a bunch of weirdos uh, all together on social media. Put together May Fourth, put together Star Wars Day, and like that really got me in the spirit of it when I saw my yeah. old, my old pal Yoda thigh hitting <laughs> Doug. Uh, really encapsulate it like that, Yoda slapping
2: Doug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like I do like that. It's it's one of the weirdest things. I I was uh, I was grumpy when the holiday f- first started popping up as I was like, every day, Star Wars day for me. And, and you know <laughs> now in this day and age, Jennifer, to focus one day across the world is Star Wars day. Or now we have revenge of the fifth. So we have two Star Wars days, right. uh, every day, Star Wars day, but yeah, but to focus on it, it it's nice. It,
4: it is, is nice. nice. And it was neat to see how people were celebrating. Uh, even though, you know, I was at, uh, on my computer all day. People were you know, throwing mm. parties and, and watching the movies and baking fun things. And that was really cool. And then I was like, Oh, well, and there's also, you know, sales as well, where I can yeah. buy things. But it definitely, you're right, Joseph, is not a marketing holiday. That's not what it was about. Right. That was a little bonus, you know. <laughs> they, they yeah. think he re- uh release those Lando plates. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
2: got to buy those. And, and for us in the bubble, you know, we can joke about every Star Wars Day. We do a Star Wars podcast, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you, we, we cannot forget that there's a, a general public that... Goes oh like uh, that day I wore my imperial insignia little tracksuit jacket because yeah. I, oh, I was going to go appear one. over someone collider and I went to grab lunch and the waiter's like oh hey Star Wars <laughs> like this yeah. reminded him so that's yeah. a good thing yeah, yeah
3: absolutely and it is just a good uh, like you were saying Jennifer a good reason to just refocus to celebration not necessarily analysis prediction debate mm-hmm. <laughs> but
2: just isn't Star Wars
3: awesome yeah yeah. yeah.
2: We say that for another time. And, of course, we at Force Center did have some fun with it. We released uh, our little Monopoly uh, video on YouTube. Yeah, which is
3: absolutely just fun and celebration. And I think we got the reviews we were looking for from fans who uh, multiple fans kindly said, can't believe I watched people play Monopoly for an hour (laughs) and enjoyed it. Yeah, which is that's what we wanted. We wanted a hangout vibe. And you you got the absolute truth that we couldn't remember to call the monetary units (laughs) credits
2: and kept calling them dollars. Dollars. Great fun. Money, money, money. I was uh, in Vegas this past week, and there's this cool little place that I do recommend it uh, near Fremont Street area. It's called Millennial Fandom Bar. Uh, millennium, not millennial. <laughs> millennial well, no, Fandom <laughs> Bar. <laughs> I was not allowed in I there. I love
3: the 90s. <laughs> they
2: left me at the door said, You're too old, okay. sir. No, Millennium <laughs> Fandom Bar. I want to get it right. And I went there for with some, my friends for some nerd karaoke. I don't Fun. sing. Other people do. But I walked in, and there was a couple playing Star Wars Monopoly. Oh, nice. And I just sat there. I think I was staring at him too long. I was like, Oh, I want to want to kind of get back to it. Yeah, what's uh, your strategy? Yeah, yeah, what's my strategy? there? So good stuff there. Uh, today's episode is going to be about... Uh, Last Shot, the new Han Solo and Lando book. It is a co-headlining book in my mind, uh, though it leads up to Solo, a Star Wars story. We're going to dive into that and the news. But also, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We'll have our Force Center recommendation in a bit. But first, Jennifer Landa is in the newsroom to take us to the Star (laughs) Wars news.
4: Yes, and Not too much happened this this week, but yet there was some juicy things. The first thing is the numbers are in for Solo's advance ticket sales, and they are already breaking records. Solo's first 24 hours of sales represent one of 2018's best first day of pre-sales for Fandango, second only to Avengers Infinity War. And if that weren't enough, a Fandango survey survey says 85% report that Solo is one of their favorite Star Wars characters, Han Solo. 76% can't wait to see Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. And 73% are particularly excited to see Donald Glover as young Lando Calrissian. (laughs) Mm. So the question that everyone is asking is, should Disney be worried?
3: (laughs) People are asking, someone somewhere is... Always asking that, right? <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: Those yeah. making so much money on these advanced yeah. tickets. It
3: might be bad that they're pre-selling, right? Because yes. walk-ups, what about the walk-ups? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great. It's great. I'm so pleasantly surprised in, in the current uh, predictions are at, at are around $170 million for the opening weekend.
4: I think which so, is, yeah.
3: Yeah, that was the projection I read, which I think is is yeah. great and really setting, right? Yeah, realistic. Yeah, um, yeah. so I, I think that there, there will be a if it doesn't cross 200 there will be a debate there will Mm. be room for Mm. is star wars but uh, to me it's 200 million is a relatively new phenomenon for opening weekend domestic (laughs) like if you look at the like six (laughs) movies i believe that have done that it's all in the last couple of years right uh so I, i and i think if there's this much excitement just based on the trailers and people really getting into the spirit of it that Maybe it will cross 200. And then there really won't be a lot of room for how how can, how can could Disney
2: be worried? Should we be worried that Disney isn't worried? <laughs> clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. Yeah, it's, it's fast. These numbers are fast. And you're so right, Joseph. It, it's this new modern phenomenon. Uh, remember, uh, I don't know, Star Wars in December. Don't know if it'll work. Hunger Games didn't even break 100 million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Breaking through here. But it's exciting. I Look, I, uh, I can now say I'm a uh, Disney uh, stockholder. I have .00003-something uh, shares uh, wow. I purchased there. Uh, uh, so I, uh, I'm, me and Bob Iger are close. Okay. So I'm just happy. You, you'll get the calls for Iger company. Yeah. Uh, Disney Disney uh, is making money no matter what, right? Right. So I don't, that's why I don't get into these arguments too much. I have some friends. I put quotation marks around friends. One of them was texting me this weekend. I don't know, the fact that Black Panther beat uh, Last Jedi, type of the numbers, you know, that shows that Star Wars is failing, and he was kind of half-joking. Yeah. But I was like, number one, Black Panther was an absolute wonderful phenomenon that, like, it, it's, the series is great, but, you know, it's a like perfect storm. Yeah. yeah. And also, wh- who cares? Right. <laughs> Last Jedi made made its money. Yeah. So, but it's interesting to see Solo is going to it broke this 24 hour mark yes. that beating black panther so i'm going to text him back today and be like what where's your theory now where's your theory now where's your god yeah um, but he, they're sleeping on money Yeah,
4: exactly. Um, To me, I was really excited to see that it was breaking records because it's a great reminder that this kind of minority of fans that are Mm. saying, you know, not my Han Solo and pull, pull, pull the plug, Star Wars. Like it really is a minority. Mm -hmm. Like they're very vocal, but, but people want to see Han Solo. People are excited to see this film. That's why they're buying tickets. And that made me excited.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me of, I, I think, what's going to be so fun about this movie is just it's such a summer confection of a fun adventure movie with a character we already know and love, at least three characters we already know and love between right. Han, Lando, and Chewie, and to just realize that this many people are up for that spirit of adventure of like, yeah, I want to go see Han, Lando, and Chewie race around. All mm-hmm. right, it's
4: like All right, let's have some fun. Speaking of fun, solo director Ron Howard stopped by the Star Wars show to talk about the film And have some fun. Uh, (laughs) Howard talked about how mixed in with all the action, adventure, and fun, Solo is really about the characters' relationships to each other and how those relationships shape Han into the scoundrel that we all know. He also said that directing a Star Wars film is challenging because the story has to hit certain notes tonally, but then there's also a technical cinematic mastery that's required to tell a Star Wars story. All that being said, the audience should not be aware of any of this, you know, complications and challenges. They should just be entertained. The interview ended with Ron Howard doing a voiceover for a Star Wars Arrested Development bit that was absolutely hilarious. What did you guys think of this interview?
3: This was great. I think this was one of the meatiest interviews I've seen on the Star Wars show. It just seemed that Ron Howard had a lot of things to say that had true substance to them. Uh, And sometimes they talk to an actor, a voiceover artist, and they have a lot of fun, but the voiceover artist is like, I went in and I killed it because I'm a great voiceover artist. (laughs) They don't necessarily have like super deep thoughts. And this was so great to him talking about that 70s feel uh, that happened in the movie, not because they were trying to recreate the 70s, but just because that's the character Mm -hmm. in that era Mm -hmm. of action adventure that Han and Lando are from.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Talking about that deep understanding of Han's character of... He's a good guy, but he doesn't want to be a good guy. So he's always going to be a little bit mad at himself. Mm. Like that made me think of Kylo Ren talking about feeling the pull to the light and like, well, yeah. how much of that is just his father is in him? Mm. Of like mm. that exactly. There's just so much, uh, yeah, so many great, uh, every sentence was
2: like a door to a fun thought and conversation. Right. You're very right about this being one of the, Better Star Wars show interviews. I love that show. And, yeah, it's and, always great. Yeah, it's always great. But I remember in the early days of the show. They'd bring Duncan Jones came on right, and and they didn't really talk about Star Wars. Yeah, We'd talk about <laughs> his movie as he should. And and I remember kind of looking at the first couple episodes of the show, and being like, ah, you know, I want to hear more about stuff. And and this, to hear Ron Howard roll up his sleeves and get into yeah you know, the Star Wars movie he made or or helped make. Um, it, it did feel like I I. I Got stuff from it. Yeah. Really, uh, really one of the best interviews there. And along with the Alden Ehrenreich-led featurette that came out last week, Mm -hmm. this has been some of the best promotion of Solo to hear people talk about it. Yeah. Like Joseph says here, like, you're pulling things from what Ron Howard's saying about this movie that gets you excited for the movie more than just, it comes out May 25th. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so I really did enjoy what Ron had to say, and, and the rest as a big Arrested Development fan, as I'm sure a lot of people are. That, that was fun at the end.
4: Yeah, that yeah. was great. I was really struck by how at ease he was throughout the entire interview, um, and how like the the behind the scenes footage that they were showing as he was talking. You know, was him on set framing the shots and showing how you know the ca- the camera should move, and like he seemed like he was just really. You know, uh, a pro just in his element, and yeah. that got me very excited. Mm. I think he has a lot of yeah. fun things up his sleeve. Let's he's un- just
3: go in and make a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. What it feels like. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's, he's Uncle
2: Ronnie now. You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. an elder statesman. He's going to come in and calm things down. It was good. Mm. That uh,
3: I wanted to say quickly about that arrested development thing. Like, oh, yes. uh, I want to see more Star Wars mashups like that. Like, I like uh, any mm. Star Wars mashup that's fun and playful, but to me, a mashup is great when there is something that the Two things being mashed up together have a Venn diagram, middle of the circle that they share. <laughs> right. In the fact that Arrested Development and Star Wars are both about <laughs> generational <laughs> issues, uh, <laughs> uncomfortable familial, maybe uh, romantic relationships, right. lying oh to yeah. one another. Gosh. You know, they, they overlap. You you can make a funny Star Wars mashup of anything. You can make Calvin Hobbes, you know, Imperial peeing on a death yeah. star, you know, whatever mashup yeah. you want to make. But these. There's a
2: reason for them to be matched up, and that's Mm. to me what makes it so funny. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if if comedy serves a greater purpose, Joseph. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, And as you know, yeah, you're so you're you're you're, we we retweeted up, but I was reminded again of your wonderful Star Wars Twitter bit. Oh, yeah, which yeah, it it does so many different things. It's a sign of a great you and Ron Howard on the same level. (laughs) Oh, please, (laughs) I wish.
4: Uh, well, let's speak about forces of destiny because new episodes are back with seven stories about our beloved heroines. In the episodes, well, actually, and a Wookiee, too. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the episodes, <laughs> we see Ahsoka and Ezra in a lightsaber training exercise. Chopper befriends some Ewoks. Chewie <laughs> helps some Porgs with their nest. And Ray and Finn work together to escape relentless snow troopers all the episodes are up on the disney youtube channel right now and will air on may 25th in a special on the disney channel joseph yes. your friend nicole dubuque
3: dubuque uh yeah
4: dubuque dubuque, dubuque yeah. thank you wrote this batch of episodes but my what i want to know will there be more
3: well, I, I don't know What inside yet. information do you have? I don't have that inside information, unfortunately. Come I on, screenshot, think, tell me! I think I saw a <laughs> twinkle in Nicole's eye. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. A, a Star Wars twinkle mm-hmm. in her eye. I okay. think there'll be more. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, she's she's great. Uh, she had nothing. Uh, she, she had told me a while ago that eh, some stuff's coming out. Um,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, and more recently, as it was coming, uh, she just i think the thing that it's okay for me to say is that she had a great uh relationship with the story group that they were all really there to do what they say that they do which what? is to say hey key here writer go come up with the ideas and then they bounce them off us for like making sure it all fits in the story that the big picture story that we're telling so uh i think that's really great uh and nicole if you enjoyed these and in your listener uh she has uh got a new uh, version of the Rocketeer coming out, a new oh. animated oh. version of the uh, Rocketeer, like
2: a like a full length series or yeah a, series. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's great.
4: Yeah, what did you guys think of the episodes? Ken,
2: did you watch any? Oh, I, I watched them all the morning they came out. I actually want to thank uh, someone. Oh gosh, I should give them credit. Um, someone in our Force Center Discord server, which you can access through Patreon, had posted them all in one convenient location for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh I was able to take them all in, and yeah, they, they absolutely, I thought, a bunch of home runs, which is what Forces of Destiny does so well, which is these little two-minute slices of Star Wars life, but with some little fun and giant canon moments. Yeah. Leia igniting the green. I know. <laughs> fun moments.
4: What a moment. And, uh, I loved Ahsoka and Ezra. I Ahsoka thought that was and Ezra, a great yeah. episode.
2: Chewing the porks. Yeah. Great stuff.
3: I think I really liked a uh, Monster misunderstanding, perhaps the best. That's the one with Padme, Padme.
2: which mm. I kind of like
3: because it was just Padme. Normally yes. when we see Padme, oh, yeah. there's, she's with, oh, it's cool that she's with Ahsoka or whatever. She's It's re- more revealing of Anakin, but this was just... Padme on Naboo, taking care of Naboo business.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, and also just speaking of sort of mothers in Star Wars, that that was like a great moment of her being, she's not a mother yet, but Padme being insightful that this uh, Aquabeast mm-hmm. is just being maternal.
4: Oh my gosh. That was my daughter's favorite episode. I thought I was worried because I'm like, oh, this is kind of scary scary looking you uh-huh. know the, the aqua beast i just kept saying oh it's a big fish <laughs> so she's like "Oh, big fish but <laughs> i think that she really got the idea when i explained i was like you know that's the baby and that's the mama and so she kept wanting to watch that episode over and over again that really surprised me but it, that's a real you know testament to uh, your friend's storytelling yeah it taps into even a two and a half year
2: old yeah and mind. i think that's a great observation joseph that it was Padme on her own Yeah And we're so, We are fans of Collectively fans of Padme here At Force Center And we know that There's I think A lot of stories To tell with her Yeah I don't I, I know I, That Padme book Is supposed to be out At some point Come I on I, but Padme blah, blah. Yeah right Yeah yeah um, We'll see it's, it's, It was never confirmed but uh, this this is great to see Padme front and center. Uh, you'd love the... I remember when it first, when the monster first came out, I went like, what, what? What am I watching? I was like, well, I mean, that makes sense. It's from the planet core. Yes, the monster's uh, there. Uh, yeah. So it was really a fun a fun thing, which is, I think, the big thing of Force of Destiny. Are you ready to have fun with Star Wars? Watch these. Yeah. yeah. If you're not, yeah, maybe they're not for you.
3: Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah exactly.
2: See, uh, the Ewoks in
3: Chopper... Uh, poking together with the sticks. Oh I my mean, that's just gosh. so yeah. Chopper. That's like that's it's one of the great. greatest yeah. coming together of characters. It, chopper would like to experience <laughs> new forms
2: of violence. that Ewoks can teach him. And this, right. um, what's the story, Jennifer? I look to you as our Ewok ex- expert here. What is the story that the, the, the Ewok with the with the the, the little pink top? Th- that's
4: Nisa Who's, from the Ewok from f- the Ewok cartoons, r- right? So that, th- but they never say her name in the Forces yeah. of Destiny. But I mean, it's it's definitely her. And she's Chief Chirpa's daughter in the, in the cartoon. Oh. And she's one of the main characters uh, in the show. But yeah, I thought that was a great nod. I was like, oh that, yeah. my gosh! So yeah, okay, she's think, she's back. Maybe I thought she would. Maybe I don't know why I was thinking she's speaking in uh, you know English and basic. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course, she was speaking Ewokies in the yep. episode.
1: Um, but yeah,
2: I love I love that then that pulling back because I I, I I had that like ah that's something I don't yeah. know but I yeah I didn't watch the Ewoks cartoon which is the Saturday morning thing I yeah. think I watch droids more than Ewoks. Oh, yeah. uh, but that's that's uh, the legacy of Chirpa. We get, we got a series here. We got yeah. a story. I'm telling
4: you guys, Disney streaming service needs to bring back the Ewok cartoons. They got it. To do it. Oh, yeah.
3: Why not? Why I mean, not? I think at this point, both the droids and the. You mean a reboot? Yeah, or do you rebo- mean just airing the old episodes?
4: No, my daughter's been watching the old episodes. I've started showing her. They're a little scary, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how scary they were. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, now I'm excited to watch them.
4: You yeah. stay yeah. up late
3: at night with some
2: drinks.
4: They're and... kind of crazy. There's like a lot of like, you know, witchcraft and yeah.
2: stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, of course, so in that episode, then too, because it's the, the creature, was it the borax?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, the. Uh, uh, a bo- the a, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: From the. the the From the caravan, caravan of, of courage, right? yeah. Yes, uh-huh. So they're just pulling back stuff in Wistie's in Battlefront two here. Yeah, at, at yeah. I, going all Ewok, yeah. all, all Ewok it. all the time. Yeah, all the time.
3: love it. Cool. so many. Yeah, I, the art history was episode was oh, yeah. awesome. That was a great way to dive oh, in. Yeah, so Elizabeth many great things.
4: And her brother,
2: so absolutely. Check stuff. out forces of destiny.
4: Yeah, and that's it for the news this that's,
2: week. Yeah, a light week for once. A light week, but, but we who still knows
4: what will drop. We still have a
2: lot to say there. So that is the news. <laughs> our look at the Star Wars news. Chance for us to sit down and catch up. But for you, the listener of the Force Center pod- Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, which means we have our official Force Center recommendation, Joseph.
3: Which is the book that we're going to talk about now, Last Shot. So if you have not uh, actually read or listened to the book, you can use our free trial and you can pause this podcast. You can download the book for free, listen to all
2: of it, and then come right back here. Come back around the 21-minute mark today download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. It directly helps this show. And on that, let's do it. Let's dive into what I will say was a very... Very highly anticipated book. Upon its announcement, it is The Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. His first go-around in Star Wars at this level, though, he did work on some other things, right? Did he do that? Yeah, he did a story in from a certain point of view. certain point of view, right. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, So on a a full level, he dove into this, this wonderful novel, which jumps all around the Star Wars timeline, uh, from 15 years before uh, the aftermath uh, era to 10 years <laughs> to three years to 20 years and some prequel connections. There's a lot, and it's about Han Solo. It is about Lando Calrissian. It is about growth and all those wonderful things. So, Joseph, Jennifer, let's do what we do here at Force Center and dive on in with our overall reactions. Joseph, I will start with you, because I like I can see your notes from here, <laughs> yeah. and they look good.
3: Oh, they're ex- Extensive as always. Too extensive. Uh, But I really liked it. Uh, I think the things that I appreciated the most is it's a great entry into solo a Star Wars story of getting into that vibe that Ron Howard was talking about on the Star Wars show of the 70s in our real world. Mm. But action, adventure, Jedi are way off in the periphery of things to be mentioned. Just in passing, this is pulpy adventure. Feel. And you got that not only because Han and Lando are reflecting so much on their days as being scoundrels and, uh, you know, what was good and what was bad about those days, but the whole book has that super fast-paced, what truly inspired George Lucas to create Star Wars, really, really pulpy stuff. Uh, you know, the all these strange beasts, the, these new things like the, uh. like the Foro snag that eats blaster fire, <laughs> yeah, you know, and right. four-eyed turtle monsters with a hypnotizing yell. It was so Pulpy, not only like that, the speed of the movement, a lot of it had a noir writing style. Lines like, Lando looked up and he looked up more. Like that's straight out of Raymond Chandler, Philip Marlowe prose style. It's (laughs) all going back to this pulpy stuff, this pulpy pace, a half droid, half human, insane asylum on a mountain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of just crazy pulp, early American, you know, early 20th century storytelling that lucas loved as a kid Mm -hmm. so i just love to see that
2: feeling just flying through this book racing through a story which is i think getting us ready for solo a star wars story like you said this is tapping to what ron howard described as what they're trying to do in that 70s feel george lucas racing fast i mean uh, (laughs) these are the things that uh, are very much part of star wars to me, uh, what you're all describing also had a, a, another connection in my mind to some of the EU legend stuff, yeah. uh, where it is kind of wild, kind of crazy, kind of things that are comic booky. I use that phrase, which isn't an insult. It's just those are crazy monsters, droids with Wookiee arms, like yeah. things like that. <laughs> Something maybe you're not going to see in the big screen. But it connected and reminded me as when I was real young, one of the first Star Wars books I read outside of the New Hope novelization was one of the Lando adventure ones, which seemed like Star Wars, but wasn't Star Wars. It was this side of it I was you know, these weird worlds and aliens and making it very much Star Wars. So yeah. I'm I'm so used to stormtroopers, TIE fighters, lightsabers to have Lando and his co-pilot go off on this adventure. This, this is the book back in the 80s. This one had that feel of yeah. the galaxy is not in peril right now. It could be. We got we got the Fizen has yeah. got some bad plans, but Leia and Mon Mothma are dealing with some other things. Uh, Luke's off looking for Pileo and compasses and all that stuff. And Honolanda are on this fun, crazy adventure. And I definitely like that feeling, Jennifer.
4: I, you know, I'm not done with the book yet, but I wanted to be here for this review because I'm loving it. It's one of the, one of the, few books uh, where I just have been actually looking forward to diving back in. For me, mm-hmm. I think that Daniel Jose Older has done such a fantastic job with our three heroes, Lando, Han, and Leia. And it's showing a much more real side of these characters, which yeah. I greatly appreciate. And what I think is, is amazing is how he captured... Carrie Fisher. I could see Carrie Fisher in mm-hmm. this scene with Kasha and, and Lando. I'm sure we're going to dive into more specifics. But, you know, where, where uh, Leia is just like, oh, I, you know, I'm loving this conversation. Tell me more. And, you know, they're all having this kind of like dinner party with Han, Lando, Kasha, and Leia. Uh, there's just so many great moments like that. I loved hearing Lando's thoughts. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Yeah. So just overall, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, We'll talk about more specifics later.
2: Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Fun is a word that uh, you could use to describe this book. And fun, imagine this, Joseph, is still something that should be allowed in the Star Wars galaxy. Absolutely,
3: (laughs) absolutely. It's totally fun, but also it has a ton of depth to it. There are a lot of jumping off, off points to much deeper thoughts than just...
2: Cool, a monster. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. And, and I, a lot of it is up front for me. Yeah. Uh, the story kind of plays out and some of the character growth happens and what whatnot. But I, I, I as far as, as we look at what we like best in this thing, I want, I want to start off that conversation with the, the beginning. Some of the stuff, not necessarily the beginning, but there is some work about Han Solo in here that I'm drawn to. Yeah. Because he is struggling in his role as a parent and a husband. Mm-hmm. So because of Kylo and what we know what happens and what we see what happens in episode seven, we know there were some parenting mistakes along the way. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> I want to start, Joseph, with this, this notion that Han was like, kind of, and I'm paraphrasing, but this all happened fast. I was a smuggler on Tatooine. I meet these folks. I'm saving the galaxy. I meet this princess. We fight a war. Now we're married. Yep. And Han's like, Where, what has happened to me? Where am I? Uh, uh, you know, this is not my life. What are, this is my spaceship. Like what's <laughs> going on? And, 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 and so I thought that was one of the most realistic takes on the Han and Leia relationship mm-hmm. that sets the groundwork for what happens in Force Awakens. When you see Han show up in the Force Awakens and he's ran away, run away, what? That's our hero. It's not unsimilar and not dissimilar. I'm saying words really bad this morning. <laughs> yeah. this is why I don't read Star Wars books. To what what Luke felt and and what we see with Luke in Episode Eight, and I love the realistic tone you said, it, Jennifer. So, Joseph, right there up top, we you're you're right. We got some meaty stuff. Yeah, Han, Han's struggling. Absolutely, and I feel like ev-
3: almost all the characters we meet struggle partially because a, a thing that pops up in the book a lot is that. Uh, the things that happen to him are real. I love that mm-hmm. in this book there are actual effects from trauma. And it is yeah. not like just a big mystical Jedi feel the weight of the galaxy on their <laughs> shoulders. It's everybody who has fought or lost is still haunted by it. They, we have mm-hmm. that uh, little passage about how Leia breaks down about Alderon still mm-hmm. these years later and has that connection to Taka. Because he also mm-hmm. is, his parents were from Aldron. We yeah. have that other just random passage where Han and Chewie are just doing a stakeout in a diner, and just by the way Chewie is staring out the window, Han knows to comfort him that you'll make it back to Kashyyyk <laughs> someday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in theory, right yeah. now it's being just ravaged by the Empire. Right. Well, Chewie's also running around and having adventures, but he's right. still looking out the window, pausing. The fact that we get all this vulnerability from Lando and that Lando and uh and Kasha the Twilek, who he is falling in love with. Mm-hmm. They have that the way their dalliance during the war is described of like Yeah. We didn't even actually have sex that night. We just held each other because we just couldn't believe that mm-hmm. we were still alive after that day. Mm. Right. I love that it gets down to, to those those real things. And that that little passage where Han and Lando kind of talk around the carbon freezing and to have the carbon freezing talked of as a moment of horrible trauma <laughs> that they would both have PTSD of like yeah, I've, I froze you alive <laughs> yeah, yeah, and is yeah. like yeah I don't even really like the, I, yeah. those months where I didn't I kind of didn't exist and <laughs> you yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sense that there's something even deeper that they don't go there they don't talk they don't about, talk about like, it. so yeah I love that, yeah. uh, that real depth
2: of trauma yeah and that and that was uh, I think highlighted for me more in the first half of the story, again, story that take that takes off and the characters are in action, but uh there there was some depth. um It isn't Jennifer just about Han stepping on space Legos, which was also great, which was great.
4: <laughs> right. but no. it's him
2: him going, "I don't know. I have a two year old and I don't know if I can do this right. And Jennifer, that's real
4: it's so it's so real if it, it makes sense for this character he would not be this this dad that's you know is like oh i know exactly what to do and here's how i swaddle ben and like he's struggling like mm. uh, like all parents struggle but him even more and kind of like Obviously, he he loves his child, but I love them. There was a moment I was trying to find it where he's at a meeting and he starts like, you know, thinking about his child and like Mm. how he's not prepared to be a father. That is very, very real. And Mm. I know that I've seen some people who were like, well, I'm not sure that doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, that that's parenting. Is it you you have days where you're like. I'm effing up so bad. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Mm. You know, and you, you're filled with those self doubt. And I love that that the author included that. Mm. Um, to me, it was so it was so great. And I just think the relationships between all the characters is is wonderful. And seeing this kind of like, yeah, Lando is a smooth talking guy, but he is falling in love. And he doesn't know how to express it. And he mm. doesn't even really know like what what that is. And like he can't tap in with his feelings and he has that great scene with that uh, war veteran, yeah you know, who's like trying to help him work through his feelings. I' like, hey, man, you gotta tell her (laughs) what what do you expect it was just yeah there were so many great moments like that yeah
2: I I just really appreciate it I love Han hating meetings because I can (laughs) uh, that's me working at my last two jobs Um, but Joseph let's talk about Lando here because we've been focused on Han but yeah you're right this is uh, Jennifer's so right the smuggler with a cape a collection of capes and I love that they touch upon younger Lando and his clean Mm -hmm. falcon Um, his cape museum cape museum yeah (laughs) Yeah, great but yeah this is a this is a guy uh in a galaxy where you have to be a tough smuggler he has been and feelings are tripping him up yeah
3: yeah absolutely i love that we get a deeper sense of lando i love that this book does it it's clearly where they're going in the movie where they take things that have almost been a little bit of a fun star wars joke of mm-hmm. lando's the smooth talker who you know he's the mm-hmm. captain kirk of star wars will have sex with anything and yeah. and he's got capes and i love that they just boil it down and are making it into yeah, that's that's who he really is. That's his character. Yeah. And that has these actual real world implications yeah. of somebody who would just be like, yes, I always want to look nice. I want to feel on point. I want to have the right words and I always want to be in control of the situation. And oh, what's that? Life, you're telling me that no one can always be in control of everything, no matter how eloquent you are or how nice your capes are, that sometimes things will come at you that you can't control or handle? What? Mm. Like, it, it yeah. goes from, ha ha, he, he's a, a smoothie with the cape to damn, that's real, you know. Like, <laughs> and that I, I, that I love about it. And I think it starts to gel with all of the actual like plot movement of the droid stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, like, I feel like this book is obsessed with the idea in a good way that no one uh, thing is one thing, mm. right? You know, that's why we got this Ewok that's not that could just be a joke. Yeah, that oh, Ewoks are, are they? They got their their sticks, so yeah. they couldn't be slicers. But then we got that message with r o the Gungan of like, yeah, yeah, we don't all say Misa. In yeah. fact, I oh, kind I of find that, that
4: offensive. <laughs> oh, I loved
3: that. In uh, that's very much going. What's going on with Han and Lando? And we can even kind of infer with Leia from more information in other books that mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. not just a politician. She's a politician who slams whiskey before she goes to a meeting and is like, "I still got this. Don't worry about <laughs> it." Uh, and Han and Lando are very much like. Are we smugglers and conmen, or are we business people and fathers? Yeah. 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 And and I think we bingo. can talk about it more, but I think the book
2: comes around to, you're both. Yeah. And you, you need to accept both. Mm. Uh, bingo. big. That's part of it here. I think the growth, personal growth with these two classic characters and depth to them. Yeah. Uh, is going forward, we'll see what we see in Solo, which was set before this, of course, uh, and actually kind of yeah during it again the timeline jumps around <laughs> in this book it's a lot of jumping um but it, it sets some groundwork for what I, uh, this realistic take which is, is is definitely interesting Jennifer something we got in Force Awakens got in uh, Last Jedi and I know there's some uh, small tiny merble, burblings when this book hunt came out like well how Han's failing and he's a bad parent and it's like I know you're EU you Han was a dashing hero who got the princess and they raised two twins one of them went to the dark side but that's that's big and dark <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is one out of three ain't bad what this is he's in a meeting wondering if he's failing as a parent Step, stepping on space Legos and it is growth and it's also a little bit uh, maybe Jennifer the mistakes of your youth mm. can come back to get you literally Mm -hmm. show up at your door
4: (laughs) right exactly yeah i mean you there's consequences and that to me is what a good story is is that like you can't go around and do all make all these i don't want to say bad choices but live a kind of reckless life and expect that all of a sudden one day it's gonna stop as those things Mm -hmm. are gonna come back to haunt you and you're gonna have to deal with that and there's gonna be consequences
2: yeah there's probably a droid in Minneapolis coming to find Scrimshaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something you did.
3: Ah, I, that's why I friend all of the droids on Facebook, to get a little bit of warning when they're coming for me. Uh,
2: a lot of interesting characters, but let's focus a little bit on the uh, bad guy uh, as something that's uh, uh, one of the things I, I liked in the story, and, and though it also led to some, some questions, and that's Fizengore. I think Friesen is it Friesen Friesen I think Friesen? there's an uh, uh, R Flavin Flavin it's, it's Flavin Flavin It is uh, it is I wrote I wrote down my note Friesen, <laughs> which sounds like some uh, medicine you can take. <laughs> I did uh, I take take some Friesen Gore for my <laughs> yeah. goiter. and, yeah. and I, I had some Kasha Patine for breakfast. <laughs> Not just Lando's love interest, Friesen Doctor Gore. Yeah, actually, ah, so right, here Dr. is an interesting bad guy. It is a medical student, the best medical student on Utapau for us prequelists. Yeah. I was excited. Tian Madone's, uh, yep. you know, his his people. Uh, and then he goes through some trauma. And, and the switch in the character was interesting to me, Joseph. It happened fast. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of be on board, I think, for this good doctor gets attacked, suddenly wants to rebuild droids with human parts or Wookiee parts or organic parts. Uh, and I was on board for it, but I was like, this is a different kind of a villain. Internal yeah. trauma has driven him to destroy the world.
3: Yeah, I like that he was, uh, I feel like all of his motivations fit these larger, interesting mm. themes and ideas of, he's a person who thinks he's going to be able to have control over life and death, because mm. he comes from a planet of what we learn is that that's what Utapau is known for, not for their dentistry as Han jokes, but <laughs> uh, for their doctors, and uh, I can control things. I can save people. I'm in this sterilized environment. And the second he gets taken out of that sterilized environment, like, no, I can't save hmm. anybody. Which then also relates to that idea of, well, it's, hey, it really sucks to be organic and be able to die so easily. And even right. a planet full of the best doctors can't control life and death. So wouldn't it be better if just the galaxy was droids <laughs> and you never had to change? Right. And then, of course, there's a lot of back and forth with the droids, whether droids change or not. So I feel like it is it's kind of a fast change. It's kind of this uh pulpy, he's a mad scientist who's yeah. like Yeah, what if I put a Wookiee arm <laughs> on, on a medical droid? Woo! So it works on this like very surface flashy level and yeah. on this very deep level of uh mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid of
2: death. I am afraid
3: yeah. of melting away. I am in Han and Lando, I think, are a little afraid of. Middle age, yeah. you know, so it, to oh, me, it yeah, all definitely. ties together.
2: And, and what spurns the creation of this bad guy, Jennifer, is, is he watches his friend kind of speak up, kind of be a tough guy and get shot and killed. And this stuff happens. And I thought that was interesting because he starts out. Here's the big bad guy. Right. He's right. the uh, you can tell from reading the flap in the book. Oh, here's the bad guy. And he's this docile, kind of frightened, kidnapped doctor. And that transition, like you just said, Joseph is pulpy, but because he watches this his his friend die and can't do anything about it, and it's so it's almost this weird lesson of like, all right, I watch someone. Stand up, speak up, try to fight. They got hurt. How do I do that? But in a different way. Like that's yeah. why I took this this weird approach to, and liked what the doctor did here.
4: Yeah. See, now that that's where I'm. I'm still kind of at. Mm-hmm, I'm just mm-hmm. getting his turn right now. Where I am in the book. How, so this is fascinating.
2: Did you, did you take? Did you take to? Because it happens fast.
4: It does happen fast, and I did not even realize that he was becoming the villain because it's his motivation. I was like, oh, I under, I understand. <laughs> it's like I I get it why he would feel that way. Uh, being in that traumatic situation. Uh, so yeah, this, this is interesting. Yeah. I did not read the, the cover, so I did not know
2: that he was a bad I a, guy. I have a habit of doing that. I don't like spoilers in my no. movies, but my books i will read the cover a little, the cover flap description a little bit there. All right, let, there's a lot of more things I want to talk about that are done so well in this book, but we always like the uh, things that we didn't take to, maybe didn't like as, as well. We have to be uh, fair and balanced. Eh, what, it's Star Wars. What We enjoy it all, just Yeah. But what, what were some of the things that stood out to you?
3: I loved that the chapters were so short and fast paced, but I did, I suffered from, I'm going to read this at, uh, I'm going to read five chapters at bed. I'm going to read five chapters. Mm. Oh man, life interrupted me and I had four days off. And uh, when I sat down to finish the second half of the book, I basically reread the first half of the book. Mm. And I feel like it, it's not necessarily a huge criticism, but it, there are so many details Yeah. Uh, with the jumping back and forth in time that a, a couple of the sort of just, plot mechanics became a little bit difficult for me to track without mm. going back and rereading. And to me it's got a little bit of the uh, uh, that classic Seinfeld of everything matters. Like yes. every little incident is going to come together almost every little joke is going to come together either with plot or theme and I felt like because it was so fast paced because there's so many details that I think maybe there are a couple moments where I wish an idea or a detail had been underlined a little bit more Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. held on to it better when it, there became a reveal related to it later.
2: This might be one of the Star Wars books that uh, not, not requires a second reading, but like would benefit from a second reading for me, because I think I suffered from the same thing that you did, where there were some reveals late in the book where I was like, it's me! And I was like, who? Oh, let me go back. Yeah, And it's not that it wasn't put out there well. It's just sometimes the real world of reading... I'm like you, uh, I'm sure like a lot of us out there, it's midnight, I'm going to curl up and read a chapter, and I uh, had to reread it again, because <laughs> I was like, I fell asleep halfway through, so if you, if it's, it's so nicely, it's so well constructed in terms yeah. of everything kind of means something, and you're jumping around the clock, jumping around the timeline, that I'd be like, wait a minute, I have to, w- did that happen 10 years ago, 5 years, 5 ago now? Let me put it all together. Once you do, you're, you're fine. You're good. And Daniel Jose Older puts it out there for you. Yeah. This is more on me not taking proper notes at midnight <laughs> reading a book. But uh, maybe that might be a warning if someone's listening and, and about to read in. Just, hey pay attention, open up your brain, take some notes or something like that. Not that's, you, you should, it's like a George R. R. Martin book where I literally oh have to write gosh. down notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, the, the, that, that, that I felt that too. But it is like a little
3: bit like an old murder mystery. There is like, there's a specific brand of old pulps that has like notes on the, on the back. Yes. There was like, hey, pay attention because this is a murder mystery. So mm-hmm. that's how you engage. And this book almost feels like it could have used a like. Re- remember all the details and write down the clues <laughs> because I think it does demand that level of work the, from the reader.
2: Yeah. I had forgotten Jennifer. The first time Lando kind of, they, they're they back now in the first time. What's the phylax? How do you say it, Joseph? Phylax. Yeah, phylax. Transmitter. Redux. Re- phylax, redux, transmitter. A lot of vowels. It's <laughs> like my last name, uh, things next to each other that shouldn't be together. P's and Z's. Um, when Lando first kind of encounters it in the past, I think my brain glossed over it, mm-hmm. and I had to go back and kind of remind myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right.
4: Yeah, I think that, and this is, this, it was really, it's been an interesting experience reading this so far, and obviously I can't wait to finish it, but I did find the same thing where I was like, I you know put my daughter to bed, I do you know, clean up, I get, get in bed, and I'd start to read it, and I'm like, wait, okay, wait, hold on. So definitely it took some getting used to with the the time jumps, and I found that for me the most enjoyable time Mm -hmm. reading this was when I had an afternoon, a couple hours during my daughter's nap, and I just just sat and plowed through some chapters, and I was like, oh, this is so joyous. I love this. I could really get immersed in this story, and I was so sad when I had to put it down. I was like, Gosh, dang it. You know, my daughter woke up, so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I i don't know when I'll have another couple hours to be able to do this during the afternoon. But I imagine, like, if I was on a vacation somewhere and on a beach or something <laughs> or in a Cape yeah. Cod house, you know, reading this book, oh, it would just be delightful. So
2: I did read it on my vacation in Vegas. I, oh, I had one of yeah. the most relaxing slash boring trips to Vegas I've ever had in <laughs> my life five naps in four days. Um, but I read a lot of the book out there because I was able to focus. And it, look, it reads smooth. It, it's yeah, great. It I does. love the writing of Han and Landa, particularly in their interactions there. Yes. Um, it's just, yeah. It, it yeah. The Seinfeld episode's a good way where you're like, oh, that little line back that there, detail, that means Like there. even that Imperial,
3: like uh, mm-hmm. that he meets uh, Han meets once in the past and yes. he headbutts him. Mm-hmm. And then later is <laughs> like, hey, didn't I headbutt you? Headbutt you. And it's almost like not super, super important to yeah. the plot. It's just, Fun, but like in that moment where Han's headbutting him, there are 800 other fun things going on, right? You get distracted by the shiny, and like,
2: oh, okay, it's like going back and rewatching Arrested Development, yeah. Oh, (laughs) Lucille was there the entire time. Uh, (laughs) This book does some wonderful things. We talked about Han Lando and the connections. I think it does a good job with what's going on in the bigger Star Wars canon, Joseph. all these things are putting together, and the state and the the situations in the galaxy, and all of it kind of Mon Mothma's demilitarizing, and Leia's a leader, and also Ben Solo. I think the story of Kylo Ren is being told in a lot of different areas, in a lot of different uh, books and comics and stuff throughout the Star Wars galaxy, and this one is the beginning. Well, the beginning's aftermath when Luke—I <laughs> should say when Luke's like—I feel you. Let me, let me. He's kicking and he's evil, um, but. This starts to tell that story, Joseph. The yeah. story of Ben Sola.
3: Yeah, that little passage where Han says that his son, while well, he's like squirming around on his chest, that Ben has ancient eyes. It seems like he was ma- waiting a millennium to be born right now. Mm. And then Han chides himself for sounding too much like Luke. And I think <laughs> as a reader, you're like, Yo, oh, but wait, but uh, is this a will of the force thing? Is it, yeah. is it just while he's a Skywalker and he has potential for great light and great dark? Or is it like... Mm. That one chapter from the mouth of Han, or not chapter, that those couple lines invite you to think about Kylo Ren is is he, was he destined to be? Was mm. there anything that Han, Luke, Leia could have
2: done to have right. this happen differently? Mm. It's a big question, Jennifer. We got fate and destiny important in Star Wars, and then we have nobodies rising up from planets to become heroes of their own making. And the great thing about Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, for me is. I listen to him, and I read about him, and I go, he might have a point. He might be <laughs> not justified in wiping out five planets as part... Well, all right, that was mostly Hawks, uh, <laughs> but being part of it. But there's some truth in his upbringing. There's some things, mistakes were made that helped build this villain.
4: Yeah, and I, and I, I don't want to say, oh, it's the parents' complete fault for mm-hmm. the fall of Ben Solo, but you can definitely see how Han is so in his head about, you know, he's like, well, I can't do anything right in this one moment. He's like, I, I pick him up and he cries and I, and I leave and he gets upset that I'm not there. I feel like he's just so in his head that he can't be present for his son. He can't, he has a difficult time connecting with his son. And as a result, that has consequences. Yeah. That's just life. And it's not that Hansel is a bad person or a bad person. I don't want to say he's a bad parent, mm-hmm. but he's struggling. Struggling. He's really struggling. And mm-hmm. then he takes off. You know, he constantly is taking off. Yeah. So that's going to have ramifications on Ben.
2: And we t- touched on it earlier, but now in terms of, of Ben Solo, Kylo, when you pick up the ball in episode seven and Han is on the Irvana runaway, gone, going back to what he knows, Yeah. That that was a big leap for, I think, in and J.J. to put out there. And I think the Star Wars story group and all these authors have done a great job It's sort of backfilling uh, and giving a purpose to that and a reason that's realistic to that moment mm. of Ben doesn't have a father at this point. Yeah, yeah. And his
3: father, when he was there, even maybe felt a little bit distant. And I, I totally know what you mean, uh, Jennifer, of like, that's human, that's okay. It doesn't mean that our great hero Han is a bad no, yeah. person. No, And I think this book, especially towards the end, goes a long way with that, with Leia really... You know Han is coming home, guilty and super missing Leia and mm. Ben, and saying to Leia like, "Help me!" and mm, Leia basically yeah. kind of saying, "There's nothing to help. It's it's who you are."
4: Oh my yeah. gosh! There was that scene that I I started almost tearing up when he's gonna first leave with Lando on this this mission. And he knows he has to go home and pack his bag, and then Leia's there, and she's already got the bag packed mm. for him. Yeah, because she knows who he is, and there is uh, an acceptance about it. And yeah, she she's sad, you know, she's sad, but at the same time, she knows she can't she can't change him.
2: Well their last moments together in, in Force Awakens I was yeah. always sad when you left that's yeah. probably why I did it <laughs> yeah Yeah. and to backfill again because I know that comes first and then I go out and write all these stories to focus on that kind of stuff it, I love that, that that all that is a connection yeah you want your connections you want your canon connections <laughs> in yeah. Star Wars yeah. there it is
3: well and, and to go toward like who these characters are is I love that we see in this book that Han and Leia deeply love each other mm. Mm -hmm. and Leia has got not not flaws, she's human, and Han doesn't understand all that she thrives in meetings. Yeah, (laughs) She's got (laughs) to do all this planning. It's like, yeah, that's different from me, Uh, you know, and, like, humans are different, and they fall in love, and I love that this is not a story of we got married in haste after the war. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, They mention that, that they did, but you get the sense that if they had waited seven years, they would have got married anyway because yeah. they are deeply in love mm. and they're trying to make this work. So to me, that makes them even more heroes. And it's not this sad story of like, yeah, yeah you guys were a war marriage and then you fought for 30 <laughs> years
2: and had a crappy... No. It's, it, like... it's not Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves from Speed, all right? right yeah. It's not uh, that. But yeah, no, it wasn't a shotgun wedding, but love the like It happened fast, meaning everything. Life changed and suddenly... You're here in a new spot that you want to be in, but I think that's part of the struggle is, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this woman, I've got a great, I, got, I love my new job, we won! Oh wait, what does that mean, where am I in that? And and that's where I think, it, and then that ties into, while well, you're figuring that out, yeah, Ben's Ben's got some uh, growing up to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, right. Yeah.
4: That's such a great point that you said, Joseph, about how they, he's struggling with, with being, you know, of middle age. And it kind of is a middle age crisis in some sense where this happens a lot where people get married and then they have a kid and they go move from the city to suburbia and then they're there and they're like, oh, shoot, how did I get here? What do I want with my life?
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I think it's just a really deep human truth of that we are torn between uh, adventure and comfort and we're used to being in a place in life where we have some level of conflict and then we, uh, you know, when life goes well we win our conflict. Sometimes yes. it's uh, freeing the galaxy from a tyrannical <laughs> empire and sometimes it's just like, I got the job I wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you have that moment of happiness and then you have that moment like, I don't know how to live without conflict mm. because I'm so used to it being part of my life. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: There's some, some big themes and ideas in this swashbuckling scoundrel space story. Yeah. Which is the sign of a... Good Star Wars story, I think. These yeah. are these are our modern myths, like we say, Joseph. But now for these modern times, we got Luke on a hill, we got Han trying to figure it out, we got Lando going. I- I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> and that's valuable to the big Star Wars picture. As along the way, you get some cool Han blaster action. Absolutely.
3: You know? you, yeah. I mean, sorry to, sorry to spoil this because you haven't got there, Jennifer. Yeah, you, you, nice. you get him hitting uh, uh, Imperial security droids with their own arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whacking them in the head. The yes. best action scenes.
2: Uh, what were some of the other big themes and ideas you guys maybe picked up on, enjoyed, or, or the moments that you liked? Mm. We, 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 can, we can break it down even there. Yeah, Um, yeah.
3: So I think because we're dancing around this this theme that I think really coalesces at the end that I really really Mm -hmm. liked, which connects everything we're talking about our big heroes with the actual droid plot. Like the droids aren't a MacGuffin. The the droids in the fight for droid rights are also like a big heart Mm -hmm. of the book, and I really like that the end comes down to these droids talking earlier in the book. Droids kind of talk about how the uh, organics change Mm -hmm. and we just stay the same. But then towards the end of the book, we get this stuff about uh, number one, never being able to actually change his original programming. Yeah. Mm. And that's basically, and Lando even has a line of like, yeah, that's, (laughs) I guess we're the kind of the same, but it really comes down to that Mm -hmm. when both Lando and Han are reflecting on Mm-hmm. Throughout the book, do I do I want to be this adventurer, this scoundrel, or do I want to be have responsibility in, in calm and yeah. stasis? And Leia basically saying to Han of like, "Well, uh, we I hope that you evolve a little bit, but you will never change your original programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you androids and all beings that are aware of their own existence will always want to do what they."
2: The path they were set out on, right, and the path they discover along the way, and it's going to be both. It is an interesting wow. comment moment at the end with this big sci-fi moment: ice rocks and droid <laughs> yeah. brains tied into these ice <laughs> rocks, and all these things coming. jetpacks, yeah. Lando's yeah. in a wow. spacesuit flying around. All this cool, really, really comic booky sci-fi stuff. But in the middle of it, yeah, a droid talking to an organic. Saying I, I'm a droid. I'm programmed. So there, that was that. You you remind me of that moment where Landa was. I remember it was almost like a mirror held up to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all have to make these choices, or else we can go to what we are, what we lean on, Mm. and we should change and grow, and in a lot of different ways, big and small. And it here it is on this ice rock with the droid. (laughs) And number one, (laughs) that was the moment when the reveal was. I'm he, I'm number one. I was like, which one? Which one was number one? <laughs> I Had to go back. I had to go oh back yeah, and yeah. Find, I had to go find it. Out. That's my fault for not taking notes. Yeah, mm. my fault. And if you believe the the
3: argument made by this book that you can't change your original programming, to me that's a little bit of hope for Kylo Ren, hope mm-hmm. for Ben Solo that mm-hmm. he cannot, as uh, Laura Santeca tried to say
2: to him, you can't escape where you came from. Mm. Excellent point.
4: There you
2: go. Excellent point about. The redemption of Kylo Ren What could possibly I still Struggle with which way Does my mind want to go With Kylo Do I want episode 9 To see him redeemed Do I want him to Die because Luke and Leia Kind of felt He's lost Do I want to honor What I felt that was End of Leia's story Mm. Redemption is a Star Wars thing but what you just said, Joseph, what's his program? His programming isn't evil, troubled teen. His programming is loving baby. Yeah, Uncle Wando. Uncle Wando. <laughs> Uncle <laughs>
4: Wando. Oh, my gosh. And he was he was loved, and he did come from a loving home and, and mm-hmm. extended family, <laughs> Uncle Wando. Um, and so that's why I have a, a difficult time with this whole redemption thing, where it's right. like, I do want him be redeemed, but at the same time, if you've made such terrible choices in life, yeah. there has to be consequences. Mm-hmm. So, I don't yeah. know. It's
2: a little bit what the prequels asks you to mm-hmm. with little Annie, too, you know. Yeah. Not his fault. None of this was his fault.
4: Right, but he just
2: made powerful. his choices. Made his, yeah. choices. Made his yeah. choices. Absolutely, absolutely. There are a lot of little fun details in this book too that some of them tie into the bigger theme themes. L three is an example. We know L three as Phoebe Waller Bridge's character in Solo: A Star Wars Story, Lando's co pilot. But then to see the droid here, I was worried and a lot. I know a lot of people are when we saw some of the stuff of L three in the trailers. We're like, oh, cool! I think we saw that with K two so right? Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. L three a different droid to me. She is uh, an equal to Lando in a lot of parts. Yeah. Knows it, functions, almost has feelings. Talk about droid intercourse at one point. a <laughs> weird thing. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm going into uh, this movie ready and expecting a different kind of droid that might be snappy and quippy like K-2SO, but has like it's 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 a fully functional character, not a. Co-pilot sitting in a chair, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I
3: hope and I think, without getting too spoilery for be- people who haven't been digging too much for some of right. these details that are popping up, I she's got this strong perspective in the book of droid rights.
2: Yeah. Right. And I
3: hope that she sticks with that. And she's got a little bit of that, um, uh, she's got a great relationship with Lando where I- instead of being totally subservient, she seems to be a little bit more like... Yeah, Lando, I know you need to do your Lando stuff. And yeah. when, when you're ready to uh, actually get business done, I will be here <laughs> patiently yeah. waiting because I'm the adult in the room. Like, there's that yes. gr- this great passage. You'll love it when you get uh, to it, Jennifer, where uh, Lando goes on a tear of making sex jokes. And we don't even hear most of them mm-hmm. in L3. You know, we're in L3's mind. She's basically just like, he's an organic, he... He's obsessed with his topic, and he needs to do this. I will,
2: <laughs> I will wait
3: for him to be done. <laughs> like,
2: That's awesome.
3: I, I related to that. It's like yeah. it, you know, an older person who's been in comedy for a long time. Like yeah. somebody's like, "Oh, you you, uh, you discovered a dick joke? Okay, cool. I, I know, <laughs> I know you need to do that for a little while. And when okay. you're done, let's."
2: Get it out Dick, of your Dick jokes are great; they are indeed. But perhaps <laughs> we could move on to. All right, okay. Oh, that's <laughs> we'll so get funny. There. So I, I, I did enjoy that take uh, on, on a new new kind of droid. Yeah, yeah. something that's familiar because it's Star Wars. But a droid that's uh, I'm, I'm I'm more looking forward to L3 than I was. And so a little Star Wars story there, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, any other little details you, you love there? I,
4: I mean, well, I did love that. And I loved how with L3 that there was an interaction when Lando was trying to get, get that uh, the Imperial and mm-hmm. back to the ship where she even had a moment where she saw L3 and she's like, what's going on between the, these two, Lando and his <laughs> droid? And I was like, yeah. oh, that's such an interesting dynamic that's never really... Been explored in <laughs> Star Wars before. It
2: was like the Star Wars version of Ex Machina. It yeah. was like there's oh some gosh. what's going on here. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. But we have I know I have not seen where mm-hmm. this character goes. Mm-hmm. But her introduction. Yes. I, you guys, I was cheering. I took photos of the page. <laughs> That's how excited I was because to me it was like one of the best introductions I've ever read in a Star Wars book. And that is Peak <laughs> Peakpa sitting behind the table, clanking mm. away on her laptop, and they just you know Han and Lando are so dismissive. Oh, they're hiring Ewok receptionists. Oh yeah, and then she like takes a sip from her little tree log of coffee. <laughs> I was like, this is me. Peekaboo is me. <laughs> and then how she like you know she understands what they're saying. I just love this character, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that it, she gets you know more because I where I am right now, she's kind of she's there, but I. I want to see more
3: Pikpa. yeah does she yeah. get more I know, oh, like screen time she gets more book time book for time? sure yes, yeah Yes. yes. And it, I think of a lot of these side
2: characters she's one of the most prominent she is and I will admit I will admit when, it, when I was like not on board at first not on board <gasps> what I know Jennifer put down your put down your rock <laughs> and your and your and your spear, My spear. Uh, I grew to really like this character I absolutely did I absolutely did but initially I was like come on I was Han and Landau I was like, no. Ewoks are dumb. Oh, what are you talking about? What? They, so out of my they throw oh my rocks at ships. Yeah, I know they won. I I like went to a dark place, Joseph. I yeah. went to a dark place. No,
3: I understand. We also get mentioned of Ewok calf
2: farmers. So they yes.
3: they're out there making, you know, organic yeah. <laughs> sustainable and I was like,
2: and, no, a therapy Ewok makes sense to me because they're just like little dogs. Right. And then this character is like, oh, OK, no, 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 no. I like where you're taking this. You're you're giving some life to the Ewok story here. And now my legacy of Chirpa story I want can can grow and, and actually have something. so, yes, at the end of the day, I was like, OK, you did something, Daniel Jose Older. You took an Ewok character and you changed the way i look at ewoks or the possible way i look at ewoks they're not just chirping in trees mm-hmm. they're fixing things they're slicing and i i really did like that it it, it took me a second but i got there
3: yeah oh, yeah and i feel like there's a, you can interpret it different ways you can interpret it at the whole Ew- ewok society like technology cool yeah. Or that she is just a, a strange savant. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I see all this code and it suddenly makes sense to me. Right. But I mean, Peek Pie I think, is leading the charge. But this book is clearly a pushback on some of the uh, kind of older ideas that are embedded in Star Wars. of yeah. The humans are the smart central ones. And the aliens are silly or literally diminutive because we got the information that I, I believe is also in uh, Expanded Universe that the Ugnats built Cloud City. Yes. Okay. You know, we we get that mm-hmm. Gungan saying, we don't all say Misa. And by the way, Han, how many uh, Gungans have you met? And Han's like, uh, seven. <laughs> how many have you actually talked to? Probably one. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of pushback
2: uh, yep. on, you know, stereotyping anyone. Anyone, yeah. I
4: loved it. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. That's yeah, so the ognot the the ognot character is there, oh, but yeah, yeah, the history of the Cloud City <laughs> and the history of the Falcon is talked about. There's a lot of little fun little details. Uh, yeah, there. and that mm. character
3: uh Taka Jamarisa who's yeah. uh, just non-binary and it's not addressed, it's just yeah. there. I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think also just a quick thing about that character is portrayed as or not he, I just did yeah. it they. Yeah. They are portrayed as a uh, a younger Adventurer, Yeah, yeah. And you can see how much Han and Lando kind of relate, relate to young Taka. Yeah. Mm. And there's a moment where Han even, uh, like, pats Taka's yes. shoulder. And, you know, you can see that Han has that loving side, that parental side. You yes. get the idea that if Han could just adopt a kid when they were about 14, he'd yes. be an awesome dad. <laughs> yes. He just has nothing, no idea what yeah. to do with an infant. Yeah. And I think Taka is a really cool character in their own right, but also
2: really brings that out in Han. Taka Taka was an interesting character because it represents like, like a, a new, a, like the new generation in Star Wars, and that the Han and Lando are the are the old guard. And that there's this kind of like it's this generational thing that's gonna lead us to Ray and Finn and Poe, just in story, I'm talking yeah. about of just I love the play of like there's this uh, young kind of whipper snapper kind of leading the way in Han and Land they were kind of like, well, we've been there before, but also eh, like you said at the end there, Joseph, uh, okay. I'm on board. And, yeah. and it's part of a generational passing on of things uh, that, is, that is needed in, all, uh, in, in real life and in our stories, too. So I like that. I like that. And I love that Taka listened to loud rock music. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kasha Batine. Oh, yeah. we got this. We uh, we love our Twilix, right? Mm-hmm. We love mm-hmm. our Twilix, and it would it's fitting to me that uh, Lando would end up with a Twilix. That makes some sense. It yeah. makes some sense to me. Yeah, uh, uh, a fascinating cast of characters uh, that kind of leads uh, leads to a, a fun, wild adventure. Uh, but this is uh, for me. I look at what Catalyst did going into Rogue One, which is Mm -hmm. the other, Lucino's book, which is perhaps one of my favorite of the new Star Wars canon, and it absolutely affected the way I saw Rogue One the first time, because I'd had that book in my back pocket, in my brain. So, other than some of the connections we've talked about, I think this will help fuel our views and how we watch Solo. Also, a little bit of Solo spoilers, I think. Oh, really? Subtle. They could could go either way. There's Han kind of down about a girl, Yeah. Uh, He talks about his service time on Minbon. So some stuff starts, some dots start to connect or not, you know, it could be someone else. But uh, uh, so I was like, oh, is this going to fully be a backstory? It isn't. And it does in a wonderful way. Just sprinkle some little things where you're like, aha, this might mean more later. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't, I want to not believe it's Kira who just broke his heart because right. I feel like they're trying to suggest between this and I just recently read uh, the Han Solo five issue uh, comic, right. which is really great, and Lando's comic. But they, they, these guys have had all sorts of adventures. Yeah. And I just, I don't want it to get winnowed down to like, okay, now we've seen all their interactions. Like, I don't want in yeah. Solo, whatever it is that, that Lando would ostensibly be pissed about in Empire. I want to not have happened during Solo because this is their early meeting, you know?
2: I agree with that, yeah.
3: I want them to have been... In this in this book, it seems like they've, they come together, they come apart, they like each other because they're really similar, but the things that are different about each other, they got an odd couple vibe, mm-hmm. smooth guy, sloppy guy, so they fight. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I want there to be more room.
2: Yeah, room is nice. I'm, particularly the... Median Empire, the, whatever they're referencing, I, I do want to maybe be in another movie. Yeah. Like something like that, maybe more specific there. Saina Star Wars is in this story here, uh, Jennifer. Yes. Kanata's, they're on Takadana. They I mentioned know. That. that. Some was connections great. there.
4: There are some connections. I guess, like, I really liked Catalyst as well, and I think it really helped me with Rogue One. It was actually, Catalyst was so good that I was like, oh, gosh, why didn't they explore the show that yeah. on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> I'm hoping that this won't be the case with this book. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, if anything, it's just going to add some nice flavor and just the deepening of those relationships that we'll see on screen.
2: That's an excellent point. I think Catalyst almost was required reading going yeah. into Rogue One, which might have been one of the little critiques of Rogue One, where, you know, give me a crawl, give me a State of the Galaxy. The cold opening was awesome. But, yeah, I felt I knew more than the person next to me because I had read Catalyst. I don't think necessarily that's the case with Last Shot. No. It just gives us a preview, Joseph, of what's to come with their relationship, who they wa- were in their youth, yeah, and they mutually cheated each other maybe <laughs> out of the ship, all these kind of fun things that might set us up for knowing a little bit more about the characters, but not necessarily the plot.
3: Yeah, and I love so- that it was just a tease, uh, and I feel like it, the biggest part of it that just felt like a tease
2: was who made the castle run, who cheated at Sabah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. now it just feels like ah, great, I can't wait to see. There's the great mm-hmm. tease about it. Uh, it's the ship, not the no, it's the pilot, not the ship. It's a, yeah. that kind of stuff back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah,
4: there. Right, right, So
2: that is our look at last shot. Any final big notes? Sometimes we, uh, we all make our notes and we leave some uh, dangling participles of discussion points there. Mm. Anything else you guys want to talk about?
3: Uh, I just wanted to mention that I really liked uh, the reveal of Maz's name, meaning owner of the warrior's crown. Yeah. That was
2: just like an ellipsis yeah. of like, let's go have some fun with that sometime. Yep. And the great thing about Ma's this character, this a thousand year old character. That's been it, she can show up anywhere, and yep. but be a little sprinkle of spice, and I, and I like that. Her name, <laughs> her name alone, elicits uh, a reaction. Jennifer,
4: yeah, there are so many great little details and little moments that I think you're right, Ken. I I want to go back and reread this to really mm-hmm. kind of underline those moments that i I've, I've been enjoying, and I look forward to finishing the book.
2: Absolutely, big themes. High action, high adventure. It's like an old style EU Star Wars story, but it ties into what is going on in Canon, and really does a great job of providing building blocks for key characters like Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, Chewbacca, L3, Peppa. More of Peppa, I'm sure later, and. Even as we discussed in length, Ben Solo—you get a lot there. So that is our look at the last <laughs> shot, written by Daniel Jose Older. You can get it on Audible. He actually does the voice of a character. I think it's Young Lando. Oh, nice! Uh, in 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 the in the story as well. Mark Thompson, I think, does most of the reading there. So check that out, or you can get it the old-fashioned way in your hands and read it there. So. That is Last Shot, our four Center review. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Audience Questions.
3: That's right. We got two uh, from Facebook and Twitter in general, social media, and two from our patrons on Patreon. Our first question is from Jeff Wasson. Uh, I hope I am saying that correctly. If not, please, by all means, correct me on social media. Here's what Jeff has to say. Assuming that Disney's plan of purchasing the rights to the 20th Century Fox film division goes through, would you like to see to one day see new Star Wars films get distributed under that banner in order For us fans to once again have the opening Fox fanfare music, followed by the quiet pause with the Lucasfilm logo, and a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, concluding with the blast of the Star Wars opening theme. I got excited just reading that. Yeah. Jennifer, what do you think?
4: You know, I don't know what the logistics on that would be, because if uh, are they able to put like you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be some production logistics, film studio yeah. logistics going on. Would I like to see it? Yeah, it'd be fun. I would cheer. I think we mm-hmm. all would cheer. But technically I don't know if that would be able would be possible.
2: Yeah, I think there's some red tape, I'm sure, but I'd be on board with it just for the Nostalgia factor, and yeah. as I talked about this past weekend, and over spotlight Star Wars, nostalgia is not a bad thing in Star Wars. It's built into its DNA, and I grew up with that CD. In fact, it's on the shelf behind you guys. That CD, the trilogy four CD set. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, for a long time in my youth, just thought the 20th Century Fox Fanfare was part of the Star. Wars. Like I thought John Williams wrote that, mm-hmm. so I would, I'd be on board.
3: Yeah. I'm so, I'm a little torn just because of reading this book about like your original programming. Great. But right? you also need to evolve. Yeah. Uh, part of me would like it as a Blu-ray option.
2: Oh, that's like, cool. Like that
3: would be really cool of like, yeah, we know. Here, here you go, fans. Uh <laughs> Yeah. There's also the cheering dynamic because when you go to see a new Star Wars movie, mm. the audience can't quite decide when to cheer. Yeah. <laughs> is it during a, a, yeah. a, a very Lucasfilm logo? Is it a long <laughs> yeah. time ago in far, galaxy far, far away? Right. Is it when it actually explodes? Yeah. And sometimes there's somebody in the audience going, God, uh, yeah. we've seen three things and we've applauded three times and it's been 30 <laughs> seconds. What's going on? I,
2: I, I think it's like a, it, the correct way is Lucasfilm, you do smattering of smattering. applause. Smattering. Okay. okay. And wow. one person goes, woo! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And a long time ago, more yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes, an unbroken build-up yes. To yeah. then someone should
3: stand, scream and, and tear their shirt open And then Star, yeah, Wars, and
2: Star Wars is <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: right. Absolutely That absolutely is it That is our answer then, Jeff The exact right order to do that But yes, that would be very, very cool Moving on to our next question Matt Zavala at Man of Swole on Twitter, do you think Snoke had an apprentice before Kylo? If so, could this apprentice show up in resistance? Star Wars mm. resistance. Mm. Mm. Jennifer, what do you think?
4: Well, in the visual dictionary, <laughs> it says that, Ky- that Kylo Ren is, is the most gifted, I believe, of, oh, of Snoke's right. apprentices. Yes. Or the, the way that they phrase it is, is ambiguous, implying that Snoke has had more apprentices? Mm-hmm. Apprenti? Is <laughs> <laughs> apprentices? The apprentices? Yeah. The point is is that I, I think that another one could show up. I think one of his apprentices could, but perhaps in a novel. I think that's where we might see it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, what do you think? Uh, I believe he had them. I don't think, though, they're it's structured or as purposeful as the Sith, mm-hmm. right? It could be different kind of apprentices. Uh, interns. Snoke interns, more, more than anything. So I think the answer is that, yes, they exist. I just, I don't I don't see them factoring into the stories yet. Resistance, I don't think so. Directly answer that question, no. I think a novel, comic book, something, it might be something on the side. It just doesn't seem like Snoke uses them in the same way.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it was also implied in The Last Jedi when he talks about Kylo or Ben Solo at that point being what all masters long to find, this perfect apprentice, which sounds like he's maybe had some crap apprentices uh before but i agree i think showing up in resistance would make it a little too similar for me to the way that palpatine was like i'm gonna use this apprentice to get me this next apprentice and then string that apprentice to this apprentice uh that i'm much more excited to see clearly snoke's had lots of adventures and i'd be happy to see another animated series a book a video game whatever that's Mm. way back snoke in the unknown regions with his crappy apprentice yeah uh so great question though matt and i can't wait to see what we do see in star wars resistance moving on to our questions from patreon we have one from our patron dylan cicero uh, and or cicero dylan says what new force power do you want to see in episode nine
2: Hmm. um force ghosts the ability to uh to shoot lightning Oh, you want? No, wait, we already saw that. Force ghost lightning. <laughs> oh, force oh ghost some. Lightning. Well, well, yeah, Yoda's okay. some controlled guy. Yes, yes. Right. I want to see force ghosts have more uh, active abilities. You want to see a force ghost choose to physically impact yes. a battle? Yes. So that oh, way I, wow,
3: that's uh, a big one. I still can get my Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So you want you want Luke to to come down and
2: and yeah. wreck? Yeah. Throw some force rocks. Yeah. So th- okay, yeah. nice, wow. nice, nice, nice. Well, that's good. Yeah.
4: I, you know, I go to Harry Potter, and I think about their spells, because, I mean, th- th- we've gotten some great force powers. So I'm thinking maybe, like, with a beast or a creature, where, you know, Ray encounters and she puts a, a sleeping spell on it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the beast goes to sleep.
3: Okay, so, like, beyond just calming them to just, like, she snaps her fingers. Yeah,
4: and it's, like, twinkling music, <laughs> like a lullaby. <laughs>
3: I would like that. Why, why not? Uh, my idea was uh, similar. In the Battlefront, Ray has a force power that's, uh kind of just dazes people for a second. they just kind of like, it, it's kind oh. of a low level, uh, uh, not a low level, it's kind of a mind trick with a radius of just like, uh, why don't you stand like an idiot for a second so I yeah. can run over and cut you up with my lightsaber. Uh, oh. I would like it if there was a sort of um, uh, massive force peace mind trick where like, I think it would be cool if like, a bunch of you know First Order troopers were running up and she just waved her hand. And it was just sort of like, why don't you all stand around like idiots? Or, like, you know, force peace where they just drop their blast. It, it sounds I like,
2: like you want the Mortal Kombat 2 friendship <laughs> option. I do. Friendship. Oh they my Yeah, The Stormtroopers hand each, other, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Handle each, hand each other bunnies and por- plush porgs. <laughs> oh <my laughs> exactly. Gosh. Plush porgas. That's what I want. <laughs>
3: Uh all right, yeah, pork throw yeah. Eh, that can be accomplished can be, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, our final question is from Patron Nicole. No last name, Mysterious Nicole. We admire that choice. Nicole says, I have a sort of weird question. Students of history often debate when certain historical events become inevitable. What were the seeds of certain events, and what was the tipping point? In your opinion, when, if ever, did it become inevitable that the Republic and the Jedi Order would fall? Do you think it could have been avoided if a system more similar to what the Separatists wanted was put in place from the beginning? It would be great to hear your thoughts. Thanks for taking my question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's it's a big one, kind of a multi part yeah. question. There's the sort of uh, Shakespearean almost tragic flaw. What when is the moment where there was no turning back mm. to the general story, but also the political? Like if the if the politics had fixed themselves and come up yeah. with a better system, would would Palpatine have been able to turn Anakin?
2: I I go hmm. to the Dooku Factor, right? The yeah. Separatist thing,
3: <laughs> which is my favorite cable news show. <laughs> the, the
2: Dooku, <laughs> a Dooku Factor, factor. Oh dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, I go to there. We talk about Dooku uh, being unofficially the grandfather of the rebellion. Yeah, Yay, that's not 100 percent true, but the idea behind it remains. So maybe if there had been more of a coming to to a table to talk. Uh, maybe because I think separatists maybe had some you know not not separatists good points you, you, you know you know what I'm going they had legitimate beef, beef with the political yeah. system becoming just uh, unworkable right unworkable is, is is probably the best phrase so if if Dooku had led that rebellion and not turned to the dark side yeah. maybe things could have been different but I love this idea that this not was fate in the force type of way but just yeah this was a roll and train going off the track at some point and I think it ties to stuff that Luke even said in in episode eight and that stuff was, we believe George was saying about the Jedi order. Mm-hmm. It got so big, too big to fail. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Not true. Yeah. I mean, I'll defer to you guys cause you are prequelists. Uh, but I do, I do find problems with the Jedi order and the way that they treated Anakin, even from the first moment that they meet him, they're yeah. just discounting him. And I just don't think that he had the support that he needed as a young child. He was taken from his mother. Uh, had they been a little bit more supportive and a little bit more flexible in their ways, just in general, maybe they would not have fallen. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Yeah. My headcanon kind of goes along with with, uh, what both of you are saying, and that is, I think, and this is just fun, uh, over-romanticizing, but I think the moment where uh, everything was doomed is Qui-Gon Jinn's death. Mm. Because Qui-Gon would have been warm and human to Anakin, and Qui-Gon would have seen through Count Dooku. I think... You know, the way that Mace Windu at the beginning of the Tactical of the Clones is like, well, no, he's a political idealist, but he is a Jedi. And Qui-Gon would be like, actually, my master really had some wild thoughts. I don't think <laughs> we should trust him. Yeah, uh, And did me you, and my did, apprentice Anakin, <laughs> who's quite happy, we freed his mother because that was wrong, guys. Right. Uh, and I think that Qui-Gon
2: might have redirected everything into the right path. Uh, mm. Ding, 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 point to Scrimshaw. That actually is the right answer. Uh, if not not just specifically for this question. The death of Qui-Gon... I, I, I'll, 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 you need to write a book on the death of Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. That would, that is, um, not, uh, that that is a big turning point for a lot of different plot threads. Yeah. Qui-Gon is an important character. Oh, those yeah. prequels. That's why he's there. They got some things in they it. They sure mm-hmm.
3: do. Those are our questions. Great questions as always. Thank you for the, uh, really fun and really thoughtful questions. Uh, we get to as many as we can. We'll be putting out a call for more soon.
2: Absolutely. You want to get us uh, a question, there's some ways to do it and some ways to follow us, and that is on Twitter at 4 Center Pod. Our Facebook page is 4 Center Podcast. We have a website where uh, you can go check out uh, a lot of things in one centralized spot, 4 net. New merch is available, tpublic.com slash user slash 4Center. And tweet us your picks wearing the T-shirts or, or putting the stickers on your guitar cases and your laptop cases, <laughs> and we'll reshare them. We have a new shirt there Our whiskey shirt is on there. Podcast is available in a lot of different places, including Stitcher and Spotify, as well as iHeartRadio, other places as well. And on Patreon is where we're getting to do a lot of cool things, Joseph.
3: That's right. That uh, May the 4th video where we play Monopoly and have wonderful Yoda drinks that uh, Jennifer made. uh, And Jennifer did a lot of great work getting that uh, video up on the Internet Thank and uh, edited and all that stuff. That is all made possible by Patreon. So you, if you would like to help us out, keep doing more fun things like that, you can visit patreon.com slash forcecenter. We have a lot of generous fans, but we also love it when people just jump on at $2 a month. That'll get you access to our monthly bonus uh, episode, Finish the Fan Fiction. And we're building to new goals of more commentary, more videos,
2: more fun stuff. Absolutely. So as we begin to wrap up this episode, it's time to put the spotlight on ourselves. Jennifer, you always do a lot of cool things, especially over at StarWars.com and your YouTube channel.
4: That's right. Yeah, I have a post up on StarWars.com right now about uh, how to dress up as Han Solo, Kira, and Lando Calrissian. And I also have a a video up on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash user slash Jennifer Landa, where I show you how not to make a Death Star waffle.
3: <laughs> that is so great, <laughs> Joseph. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Jennifer's video. Yeah, I, I yeah, was, too. In the, in the costume bounding. Uh, it's also great. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to find all of my other adventures. i got comedy albums up there. got live shows coming up. Uh, I'll be doing the uh, Star Wars trivia showdown with Ken. Information and ticket links on that on my website, uh, on the live shows page. And specifically, I wanted to give another shout-out to my friend Nicole, who did such a great job writing those new forces of destiny. If you'd like to hear a little bit uh, more about Nicole, she did an episode of my other podcast, Obsessed, where she talked about her obsession with this very weird early 80s animated film called The Flight of Dragons, in which John Ritter tries to solve fantasy problems with math. Wow. <laughs> it is amazing, and Nicole is amazing. So if you're you're curious about some of the new faces behind some of this great Star Wars content, you can check that out uh, and get links to the podcast Obsessed on my website.
2: Absolutely. You can follow me at Kat Knapsok across all social media platforms, including Twitch. And Joseph mentioned it. Big event June 2nd, live at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. The movie trivia schmodown. Look. It is an interesting, fun time. I had a lot of fun time at the last live show, and I'm already looking towards uh, putting on a big show. And proudly bowing before Scrimshaw and Alex yeah. and their Star yeah. Wars knowledge. But it's going we'll to be see. fun. It is uh, It is a great time if you're local or want to travel to see it. Maybe shake hands with us before or after. Who knows? Share a space whiskey. Uh, I highly <laughs> recommend it. It is a great time. So that is it for now for Peekba. And all the Ewoks that know how to slice. We'll see you next time here on 470.